0: You're listening to The Plain Label Podcast. Hello and welcome back to The Plain Label Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Williams. In this episode, we are continuing the discussion of Martin Scorsese with the films Gangs of New York and The Aviator. Joining me once again for this theme and this episode is returning guest, Mr. Ben Teed. Hi. (laughs) Before we get into our discussion, I would like to remind everybody that we are proud members of the Deliberate Noise Network. Search Deliberate Noise in your podcast app for more great shows from the network. And you can also listen to us now on Spotify. So if you haven't, you can follow us over there. Mr. Teed. Tell me about you and some alcoholic beverages that you're having this evening.
1: I am going back to the familiar. Uh, I am going back to uh, an old favorite or something that I feel comfortable drinking uh, because I haven't drank in a long time, it feels like. It feels like Uh just months and months at a time. So I have a cider again, of course. Yes. And also, wouldn't you know it, it's from Blake Farms up in Armada, Michigan. Um, uh, this is their flannel mouth uh, and the reason for picking something that's familiar is because we're getting into the familiar uh, films that are <laughs> uh, in general. I, I just, I, this is, this is about where I come in uh, with Martin Scorsese in terms of seeing his stuff as it's coming out. So.
0: I like it. I love you? the connection. Yeah. This is yeah. a, uh, this is, it's been a little bit since I talked to Mr. Teed. So I like that he he came correct. He came prepared. Yeah. That is the good stuff. So I am having something um, that is uh, appropriate for the season, appropriate for the, the sort of change as of recording from winter to spring summer. And I'm having uh, something that makes me think of being warm and it is uh, a gin and tonic. So it is just yes. new Amsterdam gin and then just this really uh, very, inexpe- very inexpensive um, diet tonic. Uh, and I think that it's the diet tonic that really sort of gets me going. Like I can drink, well, not to brag, Ben, but I can drink a bunch <laughs> of the of the like the vodka waters and not have any sort of issue, right? Hell yeah. I like just feel like totally fine. <laughs> and then when I have like a couple gin and tonics, I'm like, whew, man, I feel bad the next day. And so I really kind of feel it. And so I don't know if it's that carbonation or the tonic, or maybe it's just I'm more sensitive to gin than I am. vodka or what it is but that's what i am having that's what ben's having and those are the films we're going to be talking about we're going to start in 2002 of course because we go chronologically and the film is gangs of new york
1: winner to 2002 golden globe awards and nominated for 10 academy awards including best picture
0: And my challenge! We have met at this chosen ground to settle for good and all who holds sway over the five points us natives or the foreign hordes Amsterdam. Amsterdam? I'm New York. Everything you see belongs
1: to me. But moose boys and quick thieves and blind tigers here in paradise. Everybody
0: owes, everybody pays. What do you think you're doing? I'm dancing. So why aren't you dancing with him? I'm not in love with him. There's more of us coming off these ships every day. 15,000 Irish a week. Get all of us together, and we ain't got a gang. We got an army. Challenge. Challenge accepted. I took the father. Now I'll take the son. I give you my word. This will all be finished tomorrow.
1: No, it won't. No.
0: imdb plot synopsis for this one goes like this having seen his father killed in a major gang fight in new york young amsterdam Vallon is spirited away for his own safety not true some years later he returns to the scene of his father's death a notorious five points district in new york It's 1863, and Lower Manhattan is run by gangs, the most powerful of which is the natives, headed by Bill the Butcher Cutting. He believes that America should belong to native-born Americans and opposes the ways of immigrants, mostly Irish, entering the city. It's also the time of the Civil War, and forced conscription leads to the worst riots in U.S. history. Amid the violence and corruption, young Valen tries to establish himself in the area and also seek revenge over his father's death. So, Mr. Teed, pretty good plot synopsis this time. I was pretty yeah, I was happy say with that. I don't have, really have anything to argue there because <laughs> yeah, uh, this is a this is obviously directed by Martin Scorsese, but this is written by Jay Cox, Steve Zalian, and Kenneth Lonergan. That I was very surprised to see Kenneth Loner- Lonergan's uh, name on this because I think of him, and I think of, of course, uh, Manchester by the Sea, but I also think of just very kind of grounded and emotional sort of um sort of films uh he also did uh margaret and uh and so he's oh. when his name came up i was like oh my goodness really okay i did not remember this so you had mentioned that uh, you had a little bit of history with this film what is your uh history with gangs of new york did you go and see the theater no
1: no 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 Uh, this might be the first time i was aware of martin scorsese in terms of like oh he's a he's a working director today you know this is probably around the time where i started paying attention to more oscar nominated films and and you know when you're in high school and stuff like that i just get very interested in that type of um culture and and life and stuff like that i don't actually remember very big parts of this film mm. um, like large, large sections of this film were completely forgotten, but I definitely remember certain uh, uh, settings and, and, and characters and uh, specifically um, Bill, the butcher. I mean, he's hard to forget,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: um, you know, I, I had completely forgotten that Cameron Diaz was even in this film. Like, like, ah. like I, so I had seen it probably back when it came out. But now that we're getting on about eh, like 20 years now uh, with this film, I, there, there's a part of me that just kind of, it, it, it was gone out of my head. So uh, completely forgot what the story was about, forgot everything. So this was more of a refresh for me as in like time to, time to rewatch this, uh,
0: this, I think, lauded film, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, most people kind of consider it a good film. Well, Mr. Teed, it was nominated for 10 Oscars. It was. I saw that, yeah. And uh, I guess you want my opinion now. And, eh, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Oh, how dare it's you? It's fine. It's fine.
1: It's good. It's good.
0: It's oh, good. my goodness. Okay, we'll get into that. So, uh, So I watched this movie the first time around, and it was after the Oscars of this year because I remember – that uh it was up for a lot and you talked about how this was when this was when you were in high school uh yes i would i would have been either just starting high school or in high school at this point right and so this is right when uh this is right when I am almost graduating college. Okay. So that's our that's our age difference there. And so this was uh two thousand and three is when the Academy Awards were for this film. It was a two thousand two film. And so like I said, this was nominated for ten different things. It did not win for anything, uh, which is surprising to me because i watched this the first time and thought oh okay this is nominated for all this stuff holy shit is daniel day lewis good because i feel like this was the first time that i noticed who daniel day lewis is or was yep um and i'll say was because he's you know quote unquote retired um and so i was kind and and i believe this movie is a film that Rachel and I've done before. I, be, I believe that's true because I know that her and I talked about Cameron Diaz in some aspect. And so I remember watching it for that recording and thinking that that uh, that she was terrible is kind of what I thought the, in that viewing. And in this viewing, um, even though I only went up a half of a star in my actual ratings, like I really liked this a lot. And my uh, I actually watched the uh, maybe like three fourths of the film or so with my wife. She missed pretty much like the first like 20 minutes, like the, the whole uh, the five points battle with Liam Neeson. She missed that and a little bit of the, the opening. But um, it was kind of like when he gets on the either the train or whatever, the transit uh, to the upper crust society with Cameron Diaz. That's where she jumped in. And so I, I had asked that. her, I was like, well, what did you think about this? And she was like, oh, yeah, that was that was good. I like that. And, which is kind of a uh, like a lot of praise for her. Like that's that's, you know, pretty. Uh, usually she's just like, it was all right. <laughs> but but that's one of the <laughs> things where she was, uh, you know, actually um, did enjoy it. So I guess let's just go ahead and get into it. I feel like I liked this film more than you. What is it that you uh, weren't necessarily sold by or like, what were your sort of impressions of this movie?
1: I'm definitely surprised to hear you say that it didn't win any Academy awards.
0: Uh, Cause yeah, it just nominated
1: se- for 10 and winning zero. It, it Cause it definitely seems like it should have won everything. Like, mm. like I'm saying just going by what the Academy loves and what kind of stories it likes and, and the type of star power that's behind this and like Leo super huge in 2002. And i'd still say he's still huge you know maybe Mm -hmm. maybe
0: you know yeah it's an event when he's in the movie
1: um karen diaz of course as well you know there was a time where she was probably making well she was she was really good at, at a lot of um like comedies and and action comedies and stuff like that i know she had a lot to do with uh with like her voice in shrek and stuff like that i remember her coming on the scene with the mask in the 90s oh absolutely yeah. a huge deal out of that which
0: which i'll say is the best that she's ever looked is in the mask
1: oh really yeah yeah <laughs> i, guess I think yeah. so i mean i remember yeah i remember that i guess the worst she's ever looked was being john malkovich and i
0: love her oh, in that yeah. film.
1: <laughs> as i'm saying yeah, she,
0: <laughs> that's right yes but that's but around that's, this that's time what? right that's when she's proving that she's an actor that she's not just a like another pretty woman kind yeah, of yeah she
1: really was and 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 i don't know if she's retired now or anything like that i don't know what she's been doing lately i just mm-hmm. i either haven't been paying attention or or anything like that but you know i very much appreciate her but um i don't know it just seems like it seems like having come away from this film it's 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 not it's surprising that it didn't win anything especially who who would have won against daniel Day lewis in this film
0: Oof, uh, but I know.
1: but like um but yeah it just it really truly did seem like a very stylish uh oscar oscar Beatty type of film and and i i guess i tend to not really go for those i guess i don't know it, it, ah, i'm not sure what okay. it is it just i i came out the other side of this like i love the setting i love the look of the film there's some like cornball like like design choices in terms of um i was trying to think of like some of the cutting and 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 some of the weird uh uh, choices for i mean it's 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 dated for sure and maybe i just don't like that style that was apparently you know a choice in 2002 um i started taking notes and then i just like abandoned the i just started to abandon it after a while and just thought what am i doing like this is interesting but like that's interesting even some of the choices and stuff like that of like what like i was trying to look for deeper meaning within this film and i wasn't really it was a very surface level film for me really um, okay yeah. yeah and 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 maybe maybe a couple more viewings might might knock something <laughs> loose but like you know what i mean like surface level <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like like calling leo's character amsterdam
0: mm-hmm. and like i think
1: that's mm-hmm. very on the nose you know um calling bill the bill you know i know this is kind of william
0: cutting and they call him the butcher yeah yeah,
1: all that type of stuff but like um i don't know i really love the cast like like uh, Mm -hmm. leo dicaprio uh cameron diaz we talked about um i completely forgot about liam neeson and hearing his voice as the first Mm -hmm. hearing priest's voice as the first voice you hear um a very young looking brendan gleason I was happy to see <laughs> yeah well. mad eye moody yep um, oh yeah yeah and and I, every time he shows up i've loved him since i've seen him in um uh cavalry uh okay. just thinking he was he was so good i yeah mad eye moody too i like him in there um but um cavalry was one of my favorites of his but he's really strong here too like i think i think he's mm-hmm. he's one of those uh shifty side characters whatever um the beginning of this film john c Riley has never looked better holy oh, cow my God. he looks so great
0: uh, I yes. want to see a film
1: with him looking like that, like that. Absolutely,
0: was... especially when we get to our second film. I was like, no, 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 no. Go back to the first way that you looked, <laughs> like when he was he, he kind of like that mean sort of, uh, like tobacco spitting John C. Riley. I was like, where has this been my whole life?
1: <laughs> right, and so um, the I guess maybe the other thing is this isn't really based on anything. I don't think, like, like it's not based no. in history. No, it's, um, an yeah. it's an original screenplay. It's an original, yeah. And so I I read that in the, in the Scorsese on Scorsese book, which I, I wish I had something to quote from that. But honestly, that chapter, it was just more like, well, we had this done and we had that done. And like, there's not really anything of value for me from like the making of perspective uh, mm-hmm. that Scorsese really gets into with, with his work on this film. But I think what kind of suffers for me is like, I couldn't figure out um, some of the politic dynamics that were happening. Okay. Like, I, I guess I understood, I guess I understood like the basics of, of, you know, the rich are turning the poor against the poor and making them fight and stuff like that. But in terms yes. of actually moving those groups towards the latter third of the film, the climax to me of the film really did feel like the stage where, um, uh, he, uh you know bus uh daniel de lewis busts up um amsterdam's face yeah um, it, it feels like it's coming to a close there like like you know there's going to be some sort of uh a final battle or final fight or anything like that mm-hmm. um but there's actually a whole other act where it's a rise up and a and mm-hmm. a and a people taking back and stuff like that and some of the some of the mechanics of that weren't weren't extremely clear to me um not that it needs to be like hyper hyper clear or anything like that but there was just there was just enough there for me to like kind of get lost and then not really care knowing full well that you know this is this is one of those type of oscar bait films that yeah. everything would you know hero would come back you know i i felt like cameron diaz was really really wasted she, okay. she looked like she was poised in this film to do something and then ultimately i didn't think it her arc with amsterdam really amounted to anything it was a real great a real a, a real great kind of like I, I guess i and also i didn't feel i didn't necessarily feel that chemistry um but oh between you know, the two of them okay. between the two of them and then also just putting people in costumes and stuff like that and i know i'm like i, I keep i keep seeing ever since we talked about Age of Innocence. I keep seeing people talk and rave about it, Age of Innocence, which I thought <laughs> was good. I thought was a good film, but I just, I just do not see, like, just by putting people in these costumes and mm-hmm. having them, you know, uh, p- pine over each other and stuff like that. I guess it, I guess it just feels very old-fashioned to me. Um, whereas, uh, you know, and there's nothing wrong with the old-fashioned because there's plenty of great old films, but. I guess the, the, the romances and stuff like that. And the, you know, the the thing that really kind of wins for me in this film is, is Bill the butcher. I mean, Uh I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis, every single bit of that. Um, It is nice to hear him, um, you know, yelling in his Daniel Plainview voice again (laughs) and and just kind of being more unpredictable. Mm -hmm. Um, But he, he feels a little neutered to me, but that's only because like, i don't know maybe maybe just because it feels like a dated film like it like movies wouldn't go there until he becomes dana plainview because dana plainview is very unpredictable and very mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. so
0: much darker surprisingly uh so yeah for a guy that doesn't murder several people like uh right. like the butcher does here right yeah
1: but I, okay. I guess yeah so that's that's kind of like a nutshell version of of everything you know
0: sure sure and so just to give people a uh, a reference point um and and for ben and myself um 2003 this is the year of chicago uh, this is the year that chicago and the pianist both were big in oscar land so chicago won for best picture gigs of new york did not uh, the pianist Adrian Brody won for Best Actor. Daniel Day-Lewis did not. Uh, and then we have, um, let's see, what are the other ones that they're up for? Oh, uh, Roman Pol- Polanski won for *The Pianist* for Best Director, and of course, Scorsese then did not. And um, times were so, different. <laughs> and on and on and on, right? And and so we have uh, Best Cinematography went to *Road to Perdition* this year. Uh, but then we have like best set decoration goes to Chicago. Best costume goes to Chicago. Best sound goes to Chicago. And those are all, um, those are all areas, including uh, film editing, that Gangs of New York was also up for and lost. And so it was a big Chicago year. And then in some of the things, the pianist won. And Gangs of New York was kind of like second fiddle to a lot of uh, a lot of those films so anyway here's kind of the the way that i would i would try to sway young ben teed please is is so one of the things that i thought was really interesting is that f- dead rabbits versus the natives fight because watching it this time around i was like wait a minute is this scorsese's first like battle sequence like first action sequence Because we have a lot of like individual someone's killing someone or a group and some shots are being fired. But this is like, I feel like, and I may be mistaken, but I feel like this is the first time where he's actually had like a big battle sort of action-y kind of fight. Right? And I loved it. (laughs) I love that beginning. Yeah, I I do too. And I especially love that they intermix kind of some some pretty nineties ish kind of music that's in there. Like it's very kind of like contemporary hip sort of music that after we have the sort of uh, whatever that flute dead rabbits sort of theme that plays at the very beginning and then at the very end, as soon as that's done and they're actually battling, I'm like, God, this is great. (laughs) Like, I really like all of this. Uh, Some of the other early notes is, We have what I thought was really uh, relevant to modern times where we have a guy that says Lincoln will make all white men slaves. And I'm like, holy shit, if that isn't what I hear about Joe Biden and about what he's going to do by not allowing whites to be number one and everyone else to be number two like the former president's uh, goals were right i was like oh. and so i kept seeing all that these rang parallels. true yeah all, the, yeah all this talk about um
1: about immigrants coming in mm-hmm. and and how much they don't want you know these people to take over how Native it's our born, land right and like, and all, it, it,
0: yeah and my wife was scoffing at the fact that they were like she's like they're called the natives and i was like yeah and she's like uh, okay, yeah, they're li- <laughs> right. yeah, it's like the
1: Native Americans, like they could, they could, they could have almost cut away, might have been too obvious, cut away <laughs> to Native Americans just standing there going, uh, yeah, like I, palms up, like,
0: oh, what? I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm out of okay. here, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, so I thought that that was really relevant. I thought that Cameron Diaz, especially in her first scene where she's bumping into uh, Henry Thomas, and I thought that she was fine. I thought that she's good ish, but I feel like that that's a Michelle Pfeiffer role. Like, I see her and I feel like it's somebody that has ah. to, that has to like bring this sort of, I'm the most beautiful in this area kind of thing. Cause sure. they talk about you're the most beautiful uh, woman in New York. And she's like, only New York. Right. And she has that line. And I'm like, this is, this, is written for michelle pfeiffer or this is written with someone that has that sort of charisma and i feel like that cameron diaz is giving it her all but i don't know that she quite is at that level um and and that was something that held me back just a little bit was the point of making her a pickpocket supposed to just like loop
1: her in with the rest of the criminals that she's also one of them
0: okay yep it was like that uh He it was that Amsterdam thinks that she is just a pickpocket and just uh, whatever they call her, that's able to dress up in high society and then steal from the rich as well because she has those sort of pristine looks. And then you find out that she had the baby that was taken from her, and then you find out that uh, the butcher doesn't want anything to do with her, it seems like because she's scarred and all that kind of stuff. Um, and you just kind of get that it's supposed to be that you get more depth with her when you find out like as the script goes and i don't know that i fully i I think i'm with you to where i don't know that that character is fully realized because after a while she does become like the nursemaid character yeah there's like two there's like two-thirds of that character there that they didn't fill in for the rest and i
1: think part of that is her link to to bill Bill. and Mm -hmm. and they have to leave it's almost like the the writing has to fully leave all of that up to Amsterdam to finish. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I necessarily think that that's necessary because they seem to romanticize Amsterdam so much in this movie, which I think is it's that kind of movie. So oh, I, th- yeah. I think it's oh, fi- yeah. I think it's fine. But I don't know if I was maybe just not in for it that night to feel mm-hmm. that way about Amsterdam. Sure, and, yeah, and uh, and that, that could be why or something like that. But like, you know, they just didn't make him a
0: superhero, a Marvel superhero. <laughs> They're just not enough roller coaster in this. Uh... Well, it's funny that you mentioned that about Amsterdam himself because I re- I distinctly remember the time that I watched this before this time. It was oh, Leo, like he's got this long hair. He doesn't look right. Like this is not the. This is not the leo that i like this is not uh the character design that i wanted from him and then we get his we get his uh performance here and i was just kind of like yeah i don't know i remember that that time and this time for whatever reason i was all in on what he was doing and (laughs) I, i i thought it was really interesting that we had a very similar role to what we'll talk about next week which is him in the departed. Oh, right. Where he's playing a character and he's undercover and he's got ulterior motives, but he's, you know, he's got to keep them hidden from the big boss and here it's cutting and there it's Jack Nicholson's character. I love bill. And, oh God. Sorry. Sorry. No, no, no. And so I just think that it's, uh, that it's interesting that this is kind of the role that Scorsese wants him to do. Right. Because out of two, out of the first three films that they're working together, this is the sort of performance that he gives he's he's discarded De Niro by now. And it's like, well, let me, let me write, or let me direct a, uh, a young hero and see sort of his understudy sort of uh, journey, as opposed to the established mob boss type of a role. That's a great
1: point. I, we're, we're very, it's very blended, um, Mm -hmm. in terms of what, where we left De Niro. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I feel like, uh, maybe even there was a moment where
0: Mario was maybe eyeing Nick Cage for a minute. (laughs) Yeah. Or something. Yes. That's interesting because I was, um, I have a note about that for the next, the next uh, movie. Oh, okay. And then, uh, yeah, there's, I just, it's, it's interesting because
1: we are, we are in full like Leo mode now with this movie. Yes, yes. Um, He is a hundred percent like has something to do with almost every one of his movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess from here on out, I guess with the exception of Silence Uh I'm mm-hmm. looking at Okay, yeah, Yeah. I mean all of his big ones. I mean, obviously there's like the George Harrison living in the material
0: world and shine a light and all that stuff. Um, yeah, all those, all those things that the completists out there watch, yeah. including oh, man. T, who's, that got, that who's got what I time?
1: The mean... loser has
0: time to do all
1: that. <laughs> Lady by the Sea, the Statue of Liberty. Okay, are we talking about that one? What are we? Okay. Um, but yeah, no, um, I, I, kind of, I kind of think it's really funny with, speaking of Leo, how we, bo- we both kind of cracked up. And my wife, I started this movie and I'm like, is this okay? And she's like, yeah, it's fine. And she's like on her phone as it's starting. Mm -hmm. So she's just like hanging out. She's got nowhere Mm -hmm. else to go. She can go back in the bedroom. She can go, you know, play animal crossing or whatever. She can go wherever she wants. Uh-huh. and and so she decidedly sits and just is just on like tiktok or whatever you know or whatever she's on whatever and, those young
0: kids and do. and then she
1: starts to get like sucked into the film like i like you know we were both trying to take this movie in and we are both remarking about oh man this 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 silly thing has aged oh this silly thing has aged but like i'm i'm like looking over it and i'm like it's not that bad it really isn't there's just some choices that were that I'm like, okay, this is a little cornball, like how they, but that's exactly the type of, uh, that's what I see in a lot of Oscar baity type of films. I'm one of those that kind of like, like if this was on the list for the year in like 2002, I probably would have been won over by it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we've, with 20 years having passed, we're still making movies like this, and I'm, and I'm very probably. Uh, uh 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 not like not into these as much anymore
0: oh, like like like
1: some of the some of these films like I, I, I think you remember one of the ones i was really i remember being really mad about it uh <laughs> I, I remember a time where i gave a shit about the oscars but <laughs> but i remember they included the blind side
0: oh with right Sand, with sandy bullet
1: <laughs> And I remember being so pissed at that because I remember thinking, like, what a middling, like, boring, basic-ass, oh, yes. you know, a white person film about, like, how a white person helped out a black person. Oh, wonderful. Mm. Like, I, I remember look being at, in college. Look at how
0: not racist I am. Yeah, look at I remember, black I remember person. people
1: thinking how great it was. And I remember in, I was in college. I was being introduced to all these ideas and being around people of color for, the first, you know, for more than a couple times than a than a year, you know, stuff. Because mm-hmm. I'm because you know, goes very just I mean, I don't know about it now, but back then it was very uh very white. Mm-hmm. And so uh maybe maybe there was a, a part of me that just kind of felt like you know that that I just wouldn't be adverse to it. But the thing that we kept uh laugh or we laughed at when it when it showed up was when Bill the Butcher just beats the crap out of Leo. And Amsterdam takes this like hot poker to the face or whatever it is, like an arrowhead right. or yes. something.
0: Yeah, he takes yep.
1: And and like it burns and scars his face permanently and stuff like that. And then they show him the next time he's still gorgeous and
0: <laughs> Ben.
1: Possibly looks even better because <laughs> of all the scars. And it's really it's you? really funny because we started laughing, like oh, he's some- got
0: He's got a smudge on his cheek like it's he's true. scarred. Oh, the magic of movies <laughs> oh that that is true. and that's one of the things where when I saw that beating, I thought, um, well, a producer dare not make Leo's face oh all, absolutely change absolutely it at not. all. you
1: don't put his you don't put his face in an iron mask.
0: Well, Are wait till we talk about this <laughs> yeah man in the iron mask. Sure. Wait till we uh talk about the aviator and that oh, big accident gosh. there yeah. but uh but that was one of the things where I saw that, and I was like, uh. I don't know if I love that because they, they do make a big deal out of the huge burn side of his face. And then it just looks like he got punched a few times the next time you see him. And so I will give you that. But one of the things that I I wanted to make sure and mention here is, so you had mentioned this earlier and I want to just some clarification, but you, so you don't think that Diaz and DiCaprio have chemistry.
1: It felt a little maybe forced and I'm trying to think of good examples. Like just in the
0: very beginning, he's just looking at her and just absolutely enamored and stuff like that. And well, he is, but he also thinks, Oh, that's Johnny's girl, Johnny, you know, Henry Thomas's character, which Henry Thomas, I mean, Jesus Christ, he gets some emotionally brutal characters between this. Yeah. Freaking haunting of Hill house. The uh, the other
1: thing I was thinking of during this too, for a good, probably third of the film. And it was probably like the middle section was me thinking like, Oh, he is all around her because he knows there's a connection to, uh, there's a connection to bill. And so he's like trying to maybe use her as a way of, as a way in. No, I, I mean, I think he finds that out later. Oh, And, and so from that point, I think, Oh, so now he's really around her for that, but not necessarily. Um, one other thing was, well, no, finish your point, And then I have another question. So. Sure.
0: So, so it's that, I think that that is a big crux of how much you're going to enjoy the film is if you think that they have chemistry or not. And for me, it's the little scene. And my wife was smiling and kind of, I was like, did you like that? And she's like, yeah, that was cute. It was when they're kind of finally, it looks like consummating their relationship, but they're also sort of fighting and, he goes to kiss her and Cameron Diaz says, try and I'll bite you. Right. And so he's kind of leaning in and she's acting like she's going to bite him to where the first time, or actually the second time I saw that when I talked about this movie with Rachel, I didn't buy that for a minute. And so whether it's the couple of years older that I am, or because it's like, Oh, vaccines and everything's wonderful and positive, or <laughs> and Trump is gone, or whatever it is. I was like, oh, I buy this, I get it, everything's wonderful. Yeah, they're, they're, they're at
1: odds even when they are attracted to each other. Yeah, and um, so that's a thing I like to uh, see in, I in movies. Did, I did think the best scene with the two of them is when um, he steals his, uh, um, his medallion. medallion back from her, and he has this opportunity to just take them all and she sees that he only takes the, the one and and mm-hmm. goes and and it you know even even like gets poked in the neck a little bit It starts to mm-hmm. bleed a little uh, and it's all oh, like, right it's like worth- it, yeah
0: that that's when they're uh, high society right and he yeah. she's like i'm i'll cut you and he's like yeah i don't i'm not scared of that And he really kind of pushes the pushes the moment on her what is, what what m- question m- do yeah, you have yeah my for?
1: question is is this obviously this th- there there is a trope of uh you killed my father prepare to die um um, type of type of story Mm -hmm. um but first what i'm gonna do is get in with your gang and become your right hand man Mm -hmm. and for some reason i was thinking and i could just not i i was google searching while the credits were rolling i'm like thinking what is there a, a shakespeare like this what what famous story am i thinking of where that happens is that
0: where does this come from yeah where does this Uh, come from
1: i can't think i know this is i know this trope is used a lot and that's essentially what this movie is it's a young guy infiltrating the the people who killed his family or you know the whatever you know i that's been a a a plot a plot device used Mm -hmm, always mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i just can't think of where it like like because i know there's probably even akira kurosawa films like that oh
0: absolutely. You know, where, i'm sure there is But for yeah.
1: some reason and I, and I, and that was my first thought was oh this is from a, a kurosawa film and of course scorsese would be love to like pay homage oh, absolutely. and then i thought no i think it i because kurosawa was all about shakespeare he was always about turning those free stories into big epics and and fun like that so i i was sitting thinking going is this based off of a shakespeare and i just can't i can't think of one that at least none of the famous ones that that fit the bill but i thought maybe right. he might have known
0: no yeah i don't i don't uh i don't recall sort of where the origin of the like apprentice that's really there to to kill the person that he's uh being mentored by you know i i know the big usually you have in, in story structure of the mentor and then the mentor has to die, whether it's Obi-Wan and Luke or whatever, but it's, it's always that sort of dynamic, but here with him sort of infiltrating the group, like I was saying, it's very much like the departed, which we'll get to next week where it's, you know, infiltrating the the person that's the most powerful and then sort of uh, trying to undermine while in the group. Um, and, and so that was something that I thought was kind of interesting just more in, in terms of the Gangs of New York and Martin Scorsese of it all rather than just being a regular film because I was like oh this is you know this is uh, like mobsters but in the past and it's just a different story it's just a different version of what Scorsese has been doing and I was so glad that these are the films that we had this week compared to what we had last week with Kundun and with our last episode with Kundun and, uh, and uh, bringing out the dead to where those I really had a hard time with. And these I'm like, yeah, this, this is a 10 Oscars uh, nomination film. And the next one is a five nominated for five Oscars or one, five Oscars. We can definitely
1: both agree on that. Like I felt like these were entirely more watchable uh, from a perspective of oh wow yeah like there's more there's just more love there's just more oh, there, there sure. seems to be more energy and, and excitement to make something you can almost tell that like maybe he was just excited by the material
0: or something mm-hmm. whereas maybe yeah it, it, a- it is it is definitely like a leo has reinvigorated him kind of a thing to where this is you know this is these are the first times that he's working with dicaprio and it's like the you know, he's making a film where this had 10 nominations. The Aviator has 11 nominations, you know, 21 nominations for two films back to back is ridiculous. And so that is, uh, that really speaks to kind of, this is Scorsese at not maybe his height, but I did write in for Gangs of New York, this is easily his best film since Goodfellas for me. Like he, Goodfellas is sort of, He's like his classic hit. And then he kind of makes some stuff that I don't really connect with as much. And then he makes this and this is kind of like, Oh, okay. Score says he's back. And this is a sort of reintroduction into maybe not the mainstream, but into sort of, he knows who he is now, because like we mentioned in the bringing out the dead episode, the music didn't feel right. The style didn't feel right. Like the performances weren't good. Like I just didn't get anything about what that movie was. And this, this is a complete breath of fresh air for me and returning to what it is that he does. Well, I'm kind of alarmed looking at my rank list. I, 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 <laughs> I gave this, I gave this
1: three stars for people that are listening. Well, I love that you're alarmed by it. <laughs> I'm alarmed at how many three star, reviews scorsese has from me three and a half that's there's a it's actually interesting so i have two fives and then the rest of these two rows of like uh 10 films is like all like four and a half fours then the next two rows are almost entirely three and a halves then the next two rows which is like we're talking like uh 10 films the next 10 films the next 10 films i have almost an equal amount of everything but mm-hmm. I, I was alarmed to see how much three there was, and then yeah, here right above it is all. It's about ten films here that are three and a half. Man, I'm running out of films.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes it, it, it's interesting because it's just kind of like a, an insight as to what you're connecting with and what you're not. And yeah, yeah. What, what I think what I think is is really interesting about that is just because you are not connecting with this movie today, doesn't mean with that you will not connect it, connect with it in a few weeks. That's or the Ever thing, years. right? Where he says, right. so it's, it's like yeah.
1: how you feel at the time, a, a review of a film is just how you, a reflection of how you feel at the time of when you watch it or something, something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, And, and so I will, uh, You know, I'll say that this is right now fourth uh, of the Scorsese films. I still have Taxi Driver number one, Goodfellas number two, then Raging Bull, and then Gangs of New York. And hot on the heels is The Age of Innocence, which I loved and you did not care for as much as i did yeah, uh, oh my gosh which which is I, what, uh, why did i rank it then <laughs> yeah, which is which is definitely your bad there and uh and so yes. well, and so anyway so some of the other things that i wanted to get to here quickly is um i thought that this was interesting by this writing group this group of three guys that that i don't necessarily know and and maybe it is that i just connect with the the writer jay cox because his second uh f- credit but his first major film is the age of innocence to where he wrote the screenplay for that and then he also wrote strange days which is a film that i like uh which is a uh a catherine bigelow film uh speaking of uh oh that's ray vines not uh liam neeson i get those two confused sometimes uh, but anyway his mm-hmm. uh his third film is Gangs of New York and then his latest and so far last is the film that we have coming up that I've been nervous about which is Silence ah. and so it makes me sort of hopeful like <laughs> it makes me a little bit excited like oh wait a minute this is a Jay Cox movie maybe I really will like it <laughs> maybe I will maybe I will sort of dig it and uh, I'm not you know I'm worried for it for no reason but we also have steve zalion who is the writer of searching for bobby fisher of schindler's list not too bad but also oh. of 2019's the irishman and so i'm like oh okay like we've got some good stuff that i still haven't seen and like i mentioned earlier Kenneth Logger lonergan who uh who did you know he's kind of got his own career now uh, but anyway so so i'm fascinated at some of the quotes that are in here and i think the main quote of the film is the is the bill the butcher line where he says don't you ever come empty-handed again you have to pay for the pleasure of my company and i feel like i should mention that in every single episode that i do <laughs> like here's the deal <laughs> you have to pay for the pleasure of my company because i'm just such a person, right? Um, <laughs> but I also love the the Bill Cutting line where he says <clears throat> where he's sort of connecting to uh, Amsterdam and he says, I never had a son, and then just kind of beat, beat, beat. And then he says, Civilization is crumbling. And it's sort of like a that's like you're ol- following him through that that thought. Yeah. Process. Yeah. That's the only And all remote. you get are lines. And that's the yes that's the only moment where bill the butcher is actually vulnerable like he's waiting for amsterdam to jump in there and say like i never had a father or i never really had a father or blah 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 like he's just waiting for he he's just giving him all of the space that he needs to for amsterdam to jump in there and to validate his feelings and he doesn't say anything and instead daniel day lewis just says well civilization is crumbling And I'm like, ooh, that is good. Like, I really like that. And then the last line, before I stop monopolizing the mic here, is that he says his name is Valen, And he says it in that great Daniel Day-Lewis way, right? Just like the way that he says, if I say that I'm an oil man, you would surely agree, or whatever the line is. And he says it in that way. But he says it, and he's sort of in profile and almost out of the shot. And then Daniel Day-Lewis's head like backs up into the shot and into focus. And that was the moment where I'm like, fuck, that is good. Like That is really well done technically. And that was some of the little moments that I was sort of appreciating that I think if I hadn't seen this a few times that I maybe wouldn't have appreciated as much.
1: Mm. I think my f- standout parts were the opening fight um yes, watching yes. them get watching them get ready getting their weapons around um brendan gleason uh his oh, uh the notches, monk, yeah, the notches. Uh, yeah getting the notches ready you know you know and kind of like the whole like how much
0: oh you're paying me this much okay good i'm uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going with you then i love um, it i love it how he goes Ten per notch. Oh, and and then Liam Neeson says ten per new notch. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then uh, I just wish I
1: wish it was that that last fight was as good, and it and it and it really wasn't. That you, yeah, you, it yeah, was a yeah. real great introduction to the to the world, but I think I think. I mean it's still fine i just i just i didn't want to I, I think it it does not overshadow that first fight
0: no um, okay and so here here's what i wanted to mention about that last fight yeah um before we get to that the the other small things that i wanted to mention was that uh um i love the fact that marty just cannot help himself with the religious imagery yeah. right like it has to have the the catholic stuff where they go into the church and then the priest bangs a dude over the head and then they cut to something else but then i also thought it was interesting that we have the drink on fire where uh cameron diaz's character is is uh having all of the the knives thrown at her in a in a pretty tense scene right where he's like that is my second uh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, favorite so they have those that's very sort of tense is he actually going to kill her where's the medallion does he know about amsterdam because uh, henry thomas's character has sort of spilled the beans but does he believe him all that kind of stuff right but then we have this moment where he lights the drink on fire and i'm like oh shit we're back to harvey keitel and min and mean streets and we're going with all of this like stuff on fire and we're playing around with the fire and it's the-
1: very chaotic too like mm-hmm. like the harvey keitel stuff and this it still mm-hmm. echoes that
0: right and so then we get to that moment that you mentioned at the end and this end battle and i'm prepared for this like all right we got the dead rabbits we got the natives and they ooh, they have uh some backup and oh guess what this other one has even more backup and you're ready for this sort of big fight and then the government fucks it up right like the military fucks it up They have these cannons that are just off the shore and they fire into the town and they kind of ruin this fight. And I thought that that was such a smart commentary on these people have been surpassed. Like this is not how things are done anymore. Like bill, the butcher lived in an era to where, you know what? We're going to go by honor. You're going to say that we're going to fight on Sunday. Then we're fighting on Sunday and you can choose the weapons and blah, blah, blah. And Leo is kind of also trapped in that world, but the world has evolved past that. And the world's (laughs) like, you know what? We're going to draft the people that we want to draft where the government's controlling, uh, the sort of, uh, the, they're trying to, to control the mob. That's, that's, uh, you know taking over New York At some points of this And it's, it's just a very different Sort of uh, Like a fight sequence To where I'm ready for like their, You know the two And I think one of the most important lines is To where Leo and uh, Daniel Day-Lewis Agree no pistols Right like this is a fight Amongst men this is bare knuckle Boxing this is knives And, and uh, cleavers And those sorts of things Right. But then they get into this fight, and you've got this outside government that's like, well, fuck all that because we're in control. Like, this is y- the US of A currently. And so you're not in charge of anything because we're trying to put down this mob. We're trying to draft people for the Civil War. Like, we have other larger, more important issues that we're dealing with other than your little squabble between one guy and his apprentice and all that kind of thing. So I just thought that that was really interesting that we had this sort of build up to the way that the world once was and then we find out oh no the world is not different the world is ch- or the world is not the same the world is, has changed but these guys haven't evolved with it.
1: Quick question. I I something I wondered since watching the film but it looked to me as if if you wanted to join if you wanted to become a citizen of this country, mm-hmm. uh, you could one of the routes was you could be you could uh, join the military and fight. and then once your service was done or if you survived or something like that, then you would be able to gain access, right? And it also, my other question is, is does that still exist? Maybe, maybe this is too big of a question to, to get it, to get into. Cause I, I honestly, it made me wonder, it made me like wonder if I should look that up. Cause I'm thinking like, that seems like something America, that's total America thing to do is, is to <laughs> right. like, if you want to be in this country, you should fight for us. Exactly. First thing you get all the, all the, all the benefits and everything. I remember they were getting off the boat and then you would walk around the dock with them, with, uh, with, uh, Oh, he was a really good actor too. Um it was uh, the guy that had uh, it was at Boss Tweed. Um I can't think of his name. Yeah, I think it was I think it was him cuz it, yeah, it's him. Um, oh,
0: Jim Broadbent is Broadbent, Tweed. yeah. Tweed. Yeah.
1: yeah, when you when you're following him and uh Bill the Butcher around the around the dock and oh, you know, in yeah, the yeah, back yeah. in the background you're seeing all these men leave their families and they're crying and stuff like that. And they're just like Mm -hmm. getting fitted for a uniform and then getting fitted Mm -hmm. for a hat and then getting a pack and getting a gun and stuff like that. And then back onto another boat to be shipped back out. Like immediately. I thought that was very interesting. Um, But also made me kind of go, that has to still happen. Like, I feel like, (laughs) I feel like to some degree, like that's a total American thing to just be like, you're if you want, to live in the land of opportunity, you're going to have to find your own uh, way by first serving. You're going to have to
0: give us something.
1: What are you, what are you giving us? And also we don't care what happens to you. You'll, you'll you're you're another, you're another body, you're another body to put in front of uh, whatever the, the enemy
0: of the day is. Um, Exactly. And that's, that's one of the reasons why it was, this felt so relevant now to where it's like, Oh yeah, you're just, you're just a, you know you came from xyz uh oh, well you're gonna have to do something for this this country first before you're allowed citizenship right and, and, then, and then so watching um like all of the
1: both sides both of the poor sides um just burst through these windows of the rich and the one percent and the you know all these all these like high high living people Uh, it was that was that was interesting but also i just i wasn't i don't know there's something about the 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 clarity of the of the final act that i maybe i was maybe maybe it's possible i it was losing me because i kept thinking that the climax had already happened or whatever it wasn't supposed to be this battle or something like that maybe that was me being like checking my watch being like i'm ready to go
0: (laughs) well these these are long yeah this this was yeah this was like a what was this like a uh, this was uh two hours and 47 minutes oh wow yeah so i mean that's that's chore i mean i don't care how good the movie is it's a a lot in yeah almost three hours (laughs) we uh we 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 talked about
1: i said just tell my wife as we were starting this up i turned to her and said yeah we got all the rest of the modern day scorsese to get through and then Mm -hmm. she looked at me and like kind of like like gave me a face and was like you really gonna re-watch all of the irishman
0: <laughs> you're like like Sweetie. all
1: all five hours of that and i'm like <laughs> yeah somewhere somewhere in the world the Irishman is still ending. Like, like I still haven't finished that. <laughs> like I have, I've seen all of it supposedly, yeah. but it's some, it, that movie is still ending. That's how long that movie is. But
0: I well, think here's I, the thing, Mr. Teed, I haven't seen a minute of it. I so think, it's going to be yeah. absolutely fresh when I watch it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for, I'm specifically excited to
1: hear what you think about that one, but mm. also because we keep building to silence and like my, <laughs> like my love <laughs> yeah, for right. si- my love for silence. I know but I, I think I have this, I don't know, like we we got, we got to wait. We got to wait. Cause I don't want to, I don't
0: want to like give too much about, about sure. silence or whatever. But. Sure. So, so this was a film that this time around for whatever reason. And then, like I said, I think maybe, maybe it's politically or maybe it's uh, just because I'm trying to be you know, as optimistic as I can to where I was like, fuck yeah. Like I'm all over it. Like I like this a lot and i think that that third act is chaotic and that's the point is that it is chaotic to where it's not as simple anymore as one gang fighting the other gang and you get this sort of chaos everywhere and that maybe isn't the most satisfying ending but i think that that's kind of what Scorsese is going for absolutely in that i can
1: see that for sure yeah
0: Yeah. So anyway, anything else about uh Gangs of New York before we move on to our second film?
1: I absolutely will watch this again. I know at some point in my life I probably it'll probably be either on or I'll just be like, Oh yeah, yeah, gangs, I'll watch that. Like it's 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 entertaining enough and cool looking enough that that it's like definitely worth people's time. And then yeah, very watchful. Yeah, yeah. I may not have yeah. ranked it high, but yeah, I don't hate. It. I, I
0: certainly <laughs> far from hating it. I, I abs- well, three stars is a recommendation. So, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Know. yeah, so it's uh, yeah, it's not maybe as high as some of your other ones, but uh, I think people haven't checked out Gangs of New York, or at least recently. I think you know a revisit might be worth your while. Was, and I think I will maybe say in that. Like, maybe in like five years or so, Ben would be a good. Spot uh, yeah, I should. Uh, you know, re-watching. there's some stuff in there that.
1: Are, are maybe a little more heavy-handed mm-hmm. um it, sure in this maybe more than the well I don't know maybe the aviator Let's they say they're about the equal parts but I'm saying absolutely we'll revisit this I don't think I have to every year I definitely about every five years is probably good but I'm yeah. glad I'm glad I did after I would say maybe 20 years because mm-hmm. those images of Bill the butcher never left
0: oh and that, we, ab- yeah absolutely Daniel Day Lewis I mean, adrian brody and the pianist is great but this is also great so i guess i can see where maybe it was like a 49 to 51 kind of a thing but but uh bill the butcher is tremendous in this movie Uh, with his glass with his glass eye or his fake eye or whatever it is and with all of the different daniel day lewis sort of intonations and the line readings that he gives it's just it's just unreal
1: I don't think anyone. You can't trust the academy, man. Like, I, I, the only thing I could, the only thing I think they ever got right was Bong Joon Ho. Oh yeah, and like and, and and the parasite, not the parasite, excuse me. Yeah, just parasite. parasite in general. Yeah, like like I think that's the only thing I think. And it seems like a correction from Green Book, honestly. But
0: well, yeah, they're like, "Oh God, people really got pissed at us. We should well, ben teed." Maybe should... the maybe the tide is turning. Maybe the maybe there's uh, maybe, uh, maybe you know, they
1: might win me back the... if they got movies winning like uh, like Parasite. Maybe I well, might there watch.
0: A, there was only about five uh, five movies that were released in 2020. so we'll see uh, how the Academy votes this time around. <laughs>
1: tenant, 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 tenant. And I haven't seen *Tenet* yet. *Suicide
0: Squad*. Neither have I.
1: I well, no, I, I don't think I've watched anything from 2020. I'm trying to. Think I of... feel like
0: I feel like I haven't. I feel like yeah, I think, <laughs> I'm sure I... I have. I'm I'm sure. I, I mean, I definitely know that I've seen some horror movies from 2020, but it's just one of those where I just feel like the the year is just such a waste, just such a wash to where I don't even think about it. So, Uh-oh,
1: anyway, all right. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, let's move on to our second film. It is. From just two years later, which is quite the uh, sort of uh, turnaround, like, like really working, really quick and and working really hard. But it is from uh, 2004, and it is the film The Aviator. I care very much about aviation. Fastest man on the planet. Oh, marvelous. He saw the future. I can't believe this. Howard Hughes has bought TWA. Let's build a plane that flies above
1: the weather, across the country,
0: across the world. If you do that, you could lose everything. Well, I won't.
1: He lived the dream. Welcome to Hollywood. feel like a little adventure, Miss Hepburn.
0: Do y'all rest, Mr. Hughes. I have heard some disquieting rumors about Mr. Hughes. I'd like to know everything there is to know. See, I
1: want to learn what pleases you. How have you madman?
0: He thought nothing could stop him.
1: You have to be very careful.
0: My investigators have turned up a lot of dirt. You want to go to war with me? You know, sometimes I get these crazy ideas about things that may not really be there. I'll have him dragged here to Washington. I want to see the whites of his life. We are in a street fight and I'm not going to lose. He owns Pan Am, he owns Congress, but he does not own the sky. Beyond the wealth. You want me to bribe senators? I don't want them bribed, Jack. I want them bought. Something drove him. You
1: have called me a liar and a thief and a war property.
0: Beyond the legend. Federal warrant. Everything in these offices is the private property of Hughes Productions. Something consumed him. They are touching things beyond the
1: genius the deadline is now completely unrealistic no i want
0: to see the blueprints again show me, all the blueprints. show me all the blueprints show me all the blueprints is the truth behind the man i'll get a doctor no one sees him like this
1: sometimes i truly fear that i'm losing my mind
0: there's nothing there howard will you marry me you're too crazy for me
1: will go faster.
0: The aviator. And the IMDb plot synopsis goes like this. Phenomenal public success contrasts with private behaviors close to madness. Howard Hughes from the late 1920s to the late 1940s. From Hell's Angels spending a fortune on details. Through the only flight of the Hercules. A huge money-losing transport plane along the way the public hughes sees the big picture in movie and in innovation building twa and leading it through a fight with pan am and the u.s senate in private phobias and compulsions threaten him with self-imposed solitary confinement how long can his imagination drive and the sympathies of catherine hepburn ava gardner And the men who work for him stave off these internal disorders. Okay. So again, not too bad. I feel like IMDB is kind of like classing up the joint a little bit which makes it a a little bit less fun for me Mr. Teed but uh, so this is The Aviator there's nothing to complain about (laughs) yeah really well I can always find something to complain about that's in my nature so this is is the film that was nominated for 11 Oscars so it beat the Gangs of New York (sighs) film by one this also won for 5 Oscars Uh, they were Uh, Best Supporting Actress by Kate Blanchett, Best Cinematography, Film Editing, Art Direction, and Costume Design. It did not win for Best Motion Picture, Lead Actor, Supporting Actor, Directing, Screenplay, or Sound Mixing. So that being said, Mr. Teed, what did you think of The Aviator? It holds up it really does uh i i
1: had a dvd copy widescreen dvd copy oh yeah uh in my giant dvd chest uh that i had to dig out and it's just <laughs> one that i think i bought and then at some point i think even before i was married samantha's like oh you have the aviator and i'm like yeah and she's like well we gotta watch it. have you seen it yet and i'm like no but why do you have this DVD if you haven't watched it? And so we sat down and watched it, and I'm like, "Yeah, it's good. It's a good movie." And then mm-hmm. cut to now. This will be the second time I've seen it, and it, yeah, still good. Like
0: <laughs> <laughs> the um, praise is just dripping off. I know. Ben's voice.
1: <laughs> I, I, I I I am so I am recognizing in myself uh, as a viewer that how much biopics don't really appeal to me. Ooh, have, now that have, is a very good point they have to they have to be we we've talked about this before i know we have uh-huh. um because i forget what what uh biopics we've we've talked about before but i i do think that i tend to give a little less i especially don't like cradle to grave mm-hmm. uh because uh, it's just too much to fit in um but uh, this would be probably be on the side of a better one because it sure. takes the most interesting parts of his very interesting life, yes. of, How- of Howard Hughes' life, um, just a span of 20 years, really. And it just goes through all of it and watching him. And this is also what's kind of great is I think why I might be on the side of of liking this a little bit more is while he has criminal tendencies, this is this Howard Hughes story doesn't tend to be about, uh, uh a beloved criminal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm not saying like, like, Oh, don't make criminal stories. Cause you gotta, you gotta, or gangster, I guess this isn't really a gangster right, picture. Right. Um, this is just celebrating the ins and outs of how not only aviation, but also his filmmaking and, and this celebrates movies. I mean,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like, uh, having so much Kate Blanchett in here playing Catherine Hepburn is delightful. I mean, it was, that that was so much fun to watch her just anytime, really. But even, even talk
0: about earning an Oscar, right. Even in
1: her, even in her, like the worst films, I think she's extremely watchable and and Mm. just wonderful and, and, and whatnot. I I even thought Kate Beckinsale was really good as Ava Gardner. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't Mm -hmm. think of really anything that I've really truly loved her in, you know, other than maybe this film
0: wait a minute you didn't love the uh the remake of uh total recall or
1: uh come i don't think on, i saw you know honestly i don't mind her she is kind of perfect as this underworld type of character i think she yeah. really works as that <laughs> yeah. as as yeah. like a badass like action star i, I really think she's well she's... that movie is terrible by the way so Well, the, there's like there's like i'm looking at like four of them i mean she's <laughs> or five of them excuse me oh well, my
0: god no 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 i mean uh i mean Total, re- the, the oh, Total recall. Oh, sure, remake. sure, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the uh, the underworld people have their fans. This, That's just not a movie for me. This might be, well, this might
1: be her best film that she's in. It, anyway, she's not it time.
0: Yeah, it's probably her best movie that she's been involved in for sure. Yeah, I would say so. Her Although are sitting yeah, here, yeah, I mean, well, she's good in Snow Angels. That's a, a twenty or two thousand seven movie that that is really good with uh sam rockwell as well oh yeah she was in that it's a david gordon green movie oh
1: okay yeah she was in that whiteout movie
0: with uh that's based off of that
1: graphic novel
0: (laughs) with the greg rucka novel yeah that was terrible i didn't i didn't see the film i only know the comic so oh i saw the film it was awful (laughs) so anyway yeah um, sorry (laughs) no 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 so so the aviator so i thought this was really good um i sort of understood why it got the oscar noms that it did um i didn't like it as much as i liked gangs of new york i gave it just as much as i i did like it i gave it just a half a star less so i gave it four out of five stars so it ranks in the top six currently of scorsese's films but that being said i still really did like the movie i still really thought that leo was great especially when it comes to him and his ocd and as someone with ocd i'm like oh fuck this is <laughs> i can identify with this Ooh, i don't like that oh i'm glad i don't feel that way you know that kind of thing like i can see glimpses of oh yeah when people have something on their uh, clothes i too will only focus on their clothes couldn't understand the crutches stuff. thing like like almost as if they like he was going to catch
1: the you know his his disability or something like that i didn't understand Mm -hmm.
0: that Mm um yeah i don't know yeah so some of the stuff that i thought was really really good was i like that they right away set up with that scene with his mother his isolation with him spelling quarantine i like that they set up his inferiority complex right away uh i like that when he hits on the cigarette girl, he uses the sort of male line of just smile for me. And I'm like, Oh, puke. Like this is exactly the sort of person that Howard Hughes was supposed to be. He was a like a huge womanizer. Right. And, and so it's not, it's not surprising that this was the, the basis, this Howard Hughes character of uh, who Stanley based Tony Stark on. Um, and that was something where I was like, oh of course (laughs) i
1: kept thinking about yeah i kept thinking about that in in during this it's like this is the guy who is supposed to be almost like almost like uh tony stark's dad but but Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's yeah you're right it it is like that type of guy And, and 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 um maybe back in 2004 seen as i ah, a big scow-
0: scoundrel oh, you scally- yeah oh, like you
1: yeah you know oh,
0: let's just snap some towels and talk about ladies and blah, blah, well blah. no just just the fact that it's his treatment of the cigarette
1: woman and how the cigarette uh-huh. woman just eats it up and stuff like that and that like even that was like yeah like it, it's just hard to see these days mm-hmm. and it not you know not in any sort of way it's just that's that's who this guy was and that's part of the biopic it, it, it was spelling out that what he who he was
0: oh and what he cared about yeah and um, and, I, and that's definitely a sign of the times as to how we sort of take it now compared to not only when this movie came out but when this movie is taking place in and this the guy of...
1: this guy definitely objectified planes though because it shows him getting his face right next to these planes oh and just, for sure there's tons of shots of him like looking down
0: a wing or down a tail. Be smooth i don't want any bumps yeah you know. i mean he was mm-hmm. obsessed about that type of stuff Um, absolutely one of the things that i thought was interesting was we have that uh we have a little bit of like what makes him likable and it's early on in the film where he says uh There's a mention, and he says, "Hey, you know, you can't do that. That would be illegal." This is from the, the not um, as fun John C. Riley character compared to the to the first film, to where he says that would be illegal. And weird choice, yeah. And Howard Hughes says, "Well, no, it's not illegal. It's just a little bit naughty." And I'm like, "Oh, okay. That is this character completely. Like, I completely get this person now." like he he knows when he's pushing boundaries he knows when he's breaking the law but he's like oh you know it's it's," he's a kind of thinks of himself as like this southern gentleman like oh it's just a little bit naughty you know it's it's all right i think that's how a lot of
1: the criminals and gangsters feel like they're being in a lot of scorsese's pictures Mm -hmm. i think they think they're being a little naughty when they're actually extreme personalities and and whatnot and i think i think I think that's why this uh, this subject matter is a good fit for Scorsese as well.
0: Yeah, I think so. And I one of the things that I thought was interesting about this was that this was a film, according to the trivia, that Scorsese nearly retired while he was making. Really? Um, so you had this I cannot movie. imagine. You had this. You're right. You had this movie about Howard Hughes, and what a troubled filmmaker he was, slash, you know, aviation person. Um, And then you have Martin Scorsese trying to make this movie and having to put up some of his own money for this movie. Oh, really? And nearly retiring because of this movie. And it's just like, Jesus, like you, you could not script that better. Like you could not make that more perfect for, you know, Sc- Scorsese claims that he paid a half a million dollars of his own money to cover the budget.
1: Okay yeah
0: Uh, of this and so it's just one of those things to where i'm like god like i just of a movie about an eccentric director who goes over budget and is a little bit crazy like i mean maybe terry Gilliam, sure but martin scorsese i don't know that i would have expected him to do that but it's it's just kind of interesting to show like the sort of studio system will grind anybody down i just i just remembered the the
1: word i had written down in my notes uh for both of these films and and Maybe it, maybe it's a little late to be talking about the the, the last film, but no, I, I, no. I but I do think that it 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 um it fits well with with this particular film as well. The word is bloated, and it yes. and it makes okay, me yes. it makes me feel like like um like a lot was thrown into this, and and like you know you got all of these let, let me just like all of these effect shots which we can talk about here in a second. But then you got all these actors, this 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 uh lit this laundry list yeah, of yeah, one yeah, yeah. like one scene, maybe two to five scenes. Alec Baldwin as Juan Trip, Alan Alda playing the senator, uh, Ian Holm playing the professor, Jude Law who's in a scene playing Errol fucking Flynn. Yep. Uh, who else we got? Willem Dafoe Will- shows up. Oh. Gwen Stefani shows up as oh. arm candy for just one Har- Gene <laughs> Gene Harlow scene. It's so, like just stuffed and francis conroy is in there as oh Mrs. that's
0: right.
1: there's there's just so many that that like it makes me kind of go like man what like who was just someone hanging out on the set that day was willem defoe just like <laughs> hey how's it going marty oh yeah i can stop by for a day we can shoot one night scene or whatever you know it, it was so fascinating to to see all this but at the same time you know what was needed and what was needed mm-hmm. to tell the story and then and then of well,
0: co- I, I would ask you this, what is the story?
1: And that, yeah. And that's the other thing is like, that's my, that's my hard, the hardship of a bio of a biopic is, yeah, is, is how do you create a a, a, a,
0: a structure around a life? Yes. Yes. That is my biggest issue with this is what, what are we trying to do?
1: But it doesn't make it any less watchable.
0: No, that's true, and that's why I gave it four out of five. Was that it's it's well done? Yeah, I'm almost like, there with you. I'm I'm at
1: three and a half as well. Yeah. I don't know if we made that clear, but yeah, I'm I'm yeah. I'm sitting there right up next to you, saying, yeah, mm-hmm. this this mm-hmm. is this is all very watchable. This is all very uh, uh, fun. It's fun to watch him screw up. It's fun to watch him uh, go gaga for these airplanes. It's fun to even mm-hmm. in some ways, it's very interesting to watch him
0: slowly uh um, lock himself away from everyone yeah
1: and 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 um even his time with kate blanchett you know when they're when they're seeing each other and going on adventures together and stuff like that and she's extreme uh an extreme personality as well and it's 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 and oh and the the screwed up like he goes back to visit um uh, uh Catherine hepburn's family and oh, the, the husband still oh. lives with uh with the with the parents yes. with her parents and it's it's her ex-husband and like how bizarre that dynamic is and how much they're trying to you know it it does kind of feel like how much Howard is at a disadvantage because you never see him at a disadvantage at, at all right. in the entire film he's always he could always just throw money at it or he could always just throw whatever meanwhile a dog is trying to get him down below Mm. and at the and then above above the table all the families attacking him with with very disruptive questions and that that was kind of that was kind of a socialist
0: talk about the uh the film or the uh aviation stuff that he's doing they want to know about this 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 they were definitely attacking him and i wrote in my notes later on here was i fucking hate this hepburn house like even though i agree with them politically (laughs) i was like god get leave him alone for a little bit yeah uh, they absolutely and- like it was fun to
1: see him squirm like that because mm-hmm. you never mm-hmm. see him in the entire film do it but um because he always seems to have an upper hand but at mm-hmm. the same time
0: like what is needed here? yeah what are we doing what are we doing that's like the that's the main thing for me is like if it's going to be about the senate hearings fine yeah fine make it about the senate hearings and make it a wraparound like put the beginning as to questions about how he wasted this money in aviation and have it him telling the story about how it all started when he was making hell's angels or whatever and going back there but i just felt like there was no sort of real sense of purpose as to what we were doing and that's a weird thing to say about a film that was nominated for 11 Oscars, right? Including Best Original Screenplay to where I'm picking apart at what I didn't like about the screenplay. But I just thought it was, I thought the cameos were distracting. I put down actor cameos everywhere, a bonus or distracting. Definitely distracting for me. I thought that the the structure of the film, I didn't think that that what happened in this movie sort of informed what we knew of the character because he is clued into maybe having some OCD and having some issues at the beginning because of his mother where she talks about quarantine and the isolation and having this sort of inferiority complex about not wanting to be called junior um, while he's on hell's angels because of his parents blah 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 and so i thought okay so they could have made a biopic of him making hell's angels. Yeah. And that that, would, could have have, that would
1: have been, that would have been a fascinating biopic,
0: right? It <sighs> could have been about just the aviation stuff. It just seemed like there's this really, really interesting character. Let's just put all the interesting stuff in there, but then that does not a movie make because it's, it's got all of these interesting pieces, but there's no like spine to what we're doing. And sure things like the, the, the crash where he's flopping all over the place and he's all cut up and he's bleeding all over. I'm like, that's really effective, but I don't really care about who he is. So I don't really... Like, I'm not feeling that bad for him because he, he was warned by the Odie character. He's like, hey, don't do this. And he does that. And then he gets his consequences. So I'm like, yeah, dude, you were already told not to do that. Quit fucking up. It's kind of like my my thoughts about him and i'm like well he just keeps doing all this stuff doing what he's not supposed to do getting some consequences and then we're supposed to feel bad for him yeah i mean
1: um yeah and then i guess like kind of where it goes concluding the film with him being able to fly that yeah the giant giant, hercules yeah fly the hercules and being able to do that you know it's almost like uh he he's overtaken he's 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 on the other side of 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 it all and
0: and Mm -hmm. whatnot and it was just Mm -hmm. very i don't know like I, i tried giving some structure to it but if that was put at the beginning and it was like oh this insurmountable goal of course this will never work and sure that's a little bit like more disney and a little more like predicted in terms of the structure but that would have been more satisfying me to me in a in a biopic like this. Yeah. Um the some of the uh effect shots too like green screen oh, and yeah. stuff like
1: that. Some of it some of it works and still holds up and then some of it absolutely doesn't. There's a shot of an elephant in oh, um that's in, terrible that's. A, terrible. yeah the elephant shot from uh, uh Gangs of New York that I I I will admit I laughed out loud at and and like <laughs> you know it's. I felt I feel bad about it, admitting it because it's like, well, that was the time and that's what it was, and you know, you got to call up your buddy George to make you an elephant, you know, an ILM or something, and you know, it probably costs more than you know a week's worth of craft services or something, and probably way more than that. <laughs> but still, like, it's nice to it's nice to have uh, kind of a document of seeing this type of stuff. It just, it just looked like it, it stuck out like a sore thumb. And it also kind of went made with as much visual effects as, as there are in both films. Part of me kind of looked at those as, Oh, it it just more Oscar bait bloatedness that Mm -hmm. of course it Mm -hmm. gets nominated for this many. And I don't know what it is. It's like, I have, I guess I'm trying to say, I have more issues with the Academy and their choices of what is, technically good and and uh, also emotionally good but but also um this is just
0: this film just feels like it was built for that it was it, yeah it, it does it, it feels is like this,
1: this feels like the hercules
0: right yeah you know how they tell you like don't chase trends or something like that is what they tell you a lot in writing to where they said just just write a story that's true don't chase what's hot or whatever this feels like it's chasing what they think the academy will like it's like, oh, we're going to do a biopic. It's going to be Leo playing a real guy. We're going to have this cover a good stretch of this eccentric person's life. And we're going to have all these real people and look at all these old costumes we're doing. And oh, don't you love this Academy? Because it's sort of about you in some sort of a way.
1: But to finish that thought with you and kind of, I think, I think what you're saying and what I'm saying is the same thing where mm-hmm. that doesn't make this Hercules of a film any less that much more impressive to see fly. Right. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, exactly. like, like we're, we're both going, Oh my gosh, why would you ever need a boat this big in the sky? Mm-hmm. But at the same but time, still... we're both kind <laughs> you of see like, it, you're wow. Like, yeah. Hey. <laughs> that kind of, yeah. Fucking A, hey, you did it. Like that looks pretty good. And, and it, and it does work in some yeah. moments and and you know well, would i would those... I ever consider this the greatest plane ever built no but yeah but at the same time it it isn't any less impressive
0: right yeah some of the things that i think are really effective are so we have the uh we have the the moment where he breaks the record for fastest right oh yes yeah that's right and and, it, and it's the moment right after that where he goes and meets Kate, as he calls her. Um, he goes and meets Catherine Hepburn and he's just kind of real casual about it and trying to be real cool. And I thought that that scene was awesome. Like I loved the back and forth of them in that scene. And I was like, well, this is where she won her Oscar. Like it's then this scene because this scene is tremendous. And the other scene that I really thought was really good is uh, it's later on where, well, actually it's, it's just a combination of things really where it's when they are. um, It's when they're using the different color schemes throughout the movie. And that was the sort of thing where I noticed when they go to the Hepburn house to where you actually get like a full depth of color that's being used because early on, when he's got that scene with Adam Scott and Jude Law, he's eating peas, but the peas are blue. And he's at Wait, the what? golf course. He's Yeah, the peas are blue. Really? And he's at the golf course with Catherine Hepburn and the golf course is blue. Right? And that was shot in a way because what Scorsese did was each one of these um, eras that he was shooting in, he would use the sort of film or the sort of color processes that were available at the time and so according to the trivia it says he designed each year in this movie to look just the way a color movie would look from that period achieved mainly through digital enhanced post-production he recreate recreated the look of Cinecolor and two strip technicolor and so the scenes that we mentioned herbs is uh hughes is served precisely placed peas on a plate And they appear blue or turquoise, just as they would have looked in the two-strip technicolor process. As Hughes ages throughout the movie, the color gets more sophisticated and full-bodied. Okay. And for me, as a golf person, it was on the golf course where he's golfing with Catherine Hepburn and it looks blue. And then he's in the beat field where he crashes and it's all blue. And I'm like, well, this doesn't look right at all. Uh, so I thought that that was interesting. The other thing that I really liked about this was this was another film, like Gangs of New York, where it was about Marty and Change, to where fighting had changed in gangs of New York, and here we have a change in that Howard Hughes is changing business where he's purchasing t w a through the radio, and we have that scene with Alec Baldwin where he's like, well i I mean he's already bought t w a and he's like, well, how could he have done that? Isn't he flying around the world? And he says, well, he did it through the radio. And so I just thought that that was interesting that it's like Scorsese is is trying to adapt is trying to say like, these are past times. These are both uh, period pieces. And he's kind of like, these are times that we've moved beyond and look at how the world used to be and look at these people evolving to the new world. And in gigs in New York, they obviously couldn't. And so that's why they had that, that, death scene and then in here it's sort of watching howard hughes adapt as we and perhaps marty is adapting with uh howard hughes to where he's bringing on these new people he's not using schrader for every movie he's not using de niro anymore he's got dicaprio you know he's he's sort of adapting to this sort of new millennium
1: interesting because i always feel like when you talk about color even in that way i always feel like i'm losing i'm always losing an element by missing something like that but i guess it's not i guess it's not entirely important because yeah, I, th- well, I think someone like me probably who has a slight color blindness and maybe more of a i, I maybe more deal in values like light, oh, okay. light, light to dark more than i ever would uh color Shades. uh mm-hmm. which is probably why something like a chris nolan movie who i believe has the same color blindness oh. uh i would probably be more likely to think one of his shots looks more correct. Cause when you think of Nolan, a lot of his stuff is very dark and blue.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I, I I think generally, maybe not recently. I, I, I couldn't say, but I think a lot of his stuff, like even like dark Knight and inception and even oh, uh, yeah. parts of Dunkirk, I think of a dark, a darker blue or a Navy type of color to things. And it makes me think because I am drawn to that color. I, I often my when I, back when I shot things, you know, when I was doing video, I would often do a lot colder, a lot darker uh, shots. That people would always tell me, "Hey, warm that up a little bit. Hey, maybe maybe uh, get your warm filter out and make sure that your your camera's not uh, uh, wrong or whatever." And I'm like, honestly, I, I, what? I should. Do, what are you talking <laughs> about? But also, also, this is warm. Like I don't want to make it too hot. it don't make them look like they're burning up on the sun.
0: You yeah, know?
1: but like, I think I think that is always an element I may be missing in in film that that personally that i don't necessarily glom onto right away I, I i if it's obvious yes i'll probably hit it and and get it but if it's subtle in the way that you're talking about i don't think i don't think i ever would have caught that
0: interesting so yeah. interesting because i noticed that right away on the uh, on the golf course anyway well, that's why it was, i have you here it's now. blue it's, <laughs> yeah. it is blue uh the other thing that I mentioned was like, ooh, how relevant is this OCD now in 2020 slash 21 with the uh not touching things, not having people right up in your oh, face. Oh yeah, I thought that was <laughs> that was
1: I'm like, man, times, man. And the thing is, he might have lived through the first one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, his mom, I, I don't know anything about his his past or with his mom, but I would imagine that she if 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 he was a young guy in in uh I was about to say 2018 in 19 (laughs) in 1918 um, when the, when the last giant pandemic like this had happened, I wonder if she had lived through it and some of that rationalized fear was brought to
0: light and she started to teach her kid that. And that's, yeah. So could be, could be. Yeah. So I, I just like that. The, the other thing that I like that the, the OCD is touched upon, but it's not like a crippling feature until it is a crippling feature. Like I like that it was a thing where the movie wasn't about his planes, except it was. The movie isn't about his OCD until it is, and I think that while that may be a flaw in the structure, because it's like about all of these things and none of these things, I did think that it was interesting to at least watch him to where he's trapped in that bathroom and he can't get out because he's not touching that door, um, and those those sorts of pieces. So I do think that this is a little bit of a messy. A messy film and it definitely uh you know at just under three hours i could feel the weight of this film um, more than i wanted to but i did i did enjoy the experience overall i guess i'll say yeah
1: for both films for me yeah i i I, I want to restate that because i do think that like you know i just uh, yeah these these have to rank somewhere on my list and they have to they have to be you know there there has to be middle ones it's just the way it is you know and, <laughs> yeah there can't be some, number one That's and there's right. some that i would be more drawn to than others mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. yeah i would say this one's still you know middle middle Definitely. of the road for me in, in comparison it is three and a half for me um yeah. but yeah I, I i think i i literally can't think of a better way to describe it than looking at this film as a massive airplane
0: the way that 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 simile yeah we the just hercules about. absolutely yeah, yeah. That makes complete sense to me. Well, anything else about uh, The Aviator? I know that we didn't spend as much time on The Aviator compared to Gangs of New York, but it's just like The Aviator as a biopic feels, it feels like it's harder to discuss as opposed to a work of complete fiction because it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, they went and and they met this girl and then he hung out with this person and it's like okay well i I can also just look at wikipedia and find out all those things i
1: think it's really weird one this is more about myself and about and about my feelings on biopics than really the aviator but i do think it's really weird that we celebrate stuff like the cape cape blanchett you know acting ability when this person actually existed Mm. And I want, and I wonder. I I think maybe it might be better for me to actually talk to an actor sometime about someone who's played a real person, especially mm. one like a role like Catherine Hepburn, where you have a ton of footage to look at and to go <laughs> yeah. off of. And so, how do you not? My question is, how do you tr- how do you how do you make sure that it's not just a really good impression, or is it just a really good impression? Is well, it, is that, that okay with that?
0: Yeah, in the trivia, Scorsese. Uh, supposedly made Kate uh, Blanchett watch the first I think it was either 10 or 20 movies of of Hepburn to get her mannerisms and that sort of thing and it was also the first uh, performance to be given to an actress that is about an actress that won an Oscar if that makes sense oh great so, like, yeah won an Oscar based on someone who has also won an Oscar Weird. which is kind of like Jesus is that what it's going to become? Like we're just, we're just gonna we're just gonna have these movies about oh here oh, we're the, there already,
1: man. I yeah, know here's I know, the Halle Berry
0: biopic, and here's how she was when she <sighs> made Monsters Ball or whatever. When she was two thousand <clears throat> playing Storm, yeah, it's like here was when uh, this person won an Oscar, and you're like, God damn it! Like, can you just make a original movie? <laughs> so anyway, so that's that's our thoughts on uh, Gangs of New York and The Aviator, both very very long movies, but. What I would feel like, and I would think Ben would agree with me, is the sort of return to form of Scorsese after the films that we discussed prior to this one.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah, a little bit higher quality than uh, Bringing Out the Dead, right? A little bit, a little bit different. So, wrapping us up. If you have any comments, suggestions, or movies that you'd like to hear us talk about, you could email us at plainlabelpodcast at gmail You could follow the show over at Twitter. Our handle is at plain label pod, where you could follow me over there. I'm at Eric Williams 79. We also have an Instagram account. Just search for plain label podcast and you'll find us over there. If you wanted to help out the show, you could check out our show notes where you'll find the link to our Amazon wish list. So I do want to thank Mr. Teed for coming on once again and listening to me ramble for nearly two hours if people wanted to hear more from you or get in touch with you where could they do that
1: best place would be at ben teed
0: on twitter and also on letterboxd all right wonderful well thank you for listening and you can join ben and i next week as we continue our discussion of martin scorsese with the films the departed and shutter island